Good morning, Cincinnati, and welcome into another episode of the Bearcat Brunch, brought to you, as always, by our wonderful partners at Royal Links Golf Tours. Have you always wanted to play golf in St. Andrews? Have you ever enjoyed that perfect pint of Guinness in Ireland? Well, with Royal Links Golf Tours, you can do all that and more. They are a golf tour specialist offering unforgettable golf experiences to Scotland, England, Ireland, and Wales. Their custom itineraries are more than golf trips. They are immersive, cultural, and country experiences that will surprise and delight you both on and off the course. Royal Links Golf Tours is owned by a former Bearcat quarterback, Hayden Moore, and his partner, UC alum, Jeff Bartholomew. So if you'd like to play St. Andrews or have that perfect pint of Guinness, please visit their website at royallinksgolftours.com or call them directly at 770-331-1525. And with that, we are back for what will be our final, unfortunately, episode of the Bearcat Brunch for the 2023 season as the Bearcats fall to 3-9 and nine with a season-ending loss to Kansas last night at Nippert Stadium. Joined, as always, by my good friend Jeff Howe. We were discussing late last night that were we going to turn this into a Survivor Series War Games podcast uh big news in the world of professional wrestling but i'm pretty sure most people would not be here for that so you know maybe another time another day but uh and i can't even say like it's beautiful out it was beautiful out yesterday but now we're gonna get a typical fall uh november ohio day but jeff the season is over the bearcats did not reach i think any of our hopes dreams goals aspirations what have you i'm not really too thrilled or keen to talk about last night's game too much but as we do always kick it to you for first thoughts i think the season went just about as uh i don't know i mean maybe even worse than expected (laughs) but you know i will pull out the uh maybe the one Positive out of last night is Corey Kiner went up over a thousand yards rushing. That's that, that's good. Yes, we we we're nothing if not positive. Got to start with the positives. Absolutely. Corey Kiner, as you said, over a thousand yards, outstanding season. I mean, any any way you cut it, um, you know, kudos to him and the running game as a whole. I mean, they ran the ball yeah. well. Pretty much all like year. Seventh, seventh in the country coming into the game last night. Obviously, like, someone could have shifted one way or another, but it looks like they'll probably finish the regular season in the top ten in rushing in the FBS, and that's a positive. Um, obviously, there are a lot of other glaring holes that are going to need to be addressed, but sounds like, you know, I mean, obviously, they're going to say that they're going to do that. But, you know, like yesterday, we did start off with a field goal. There was some hope given. Um and we were able to stop them and force a punt on their next possession. And then we punted, and then we made them punt again. Like, there was hope. Dave, I had hope. Frank, I, frankly, out of out of control. Two, two straight punts. A couple, couple really nice plays in the backfield early in the game from Jonathan Thompson. Yeah, the, the defense looked like maybe it was, like, you know, I don't know, going to play the kind of run defense that we were used to for the first, like, what, like half, three quarters of the season. Um, and then then slowly uh, cracks began forming in the armor. And, you know, we, they, they take the lead. They kind of extend lead. Um, and then we drive down in, with another solid little drive for a touchdown, cut the lead. Uh, I think it was what? 14 to 10. Yeah. And, and then sort of like, I mean, if you look on Twitter, everybody was saying it. It was like a microcosm of the season. It was, you know, what we expected to always happen, you know, from what we had prior learned throughout all the other games this year. And, and it did, you know, like uh, a, a botch squib kick or a, an unlucky squib kick that kicks right to the, the front or whatever, and they get a nice little return, and then then they drop a touchdown pass on us, you know, in, what, 10 seconds? How long was that? That drive was 17 seconds. 
That's how yeah. long that drive was credited with being. And they go up 21-10. And, uh, and from there, uh, nothing, nothing positive went our way. Yeah, it was uh, – I mean, I went to the restroom after that touchdown, missed whatever that was that was a kickoff where a tight end returned it for 22 yards, missed the 30-yard pass and got back as they're throwing a touchdown, you know, in roughly 17-second two-play drive. Um, you know, but as the run game as a whole, I mean, your, your main four guys, Corey Kiner, Emory Jones, Miles Montgomery, Ryan Montgomery, rushed for 2,364 yards this year. And you basically gave them nothing, especially in Big 12 play. I dug into the numbers. Essentially gave them nothing in the pass game. I mean, you averaged 182 yards, which if you just took that, would be good for 113th nationally. Six of the nine games in the Big 12 threw for under 200 yards, 12 touchdowns, eight interceptions by quarterbacks. Like, the the pass offense, and we'll get into the pass defense as well. Like, I mean, a full teardown, like full demolition, renovation, whatever term you want to use. It's um, you can't run the ball as seemingly as effectively as they did and not complement it at all in today's college football. It's you insane had, that they were even able to of, run the ball that well without having. Right. A, I mean, it, it's not like they were they were running a triple option attack. Yeah, I mean, you had games of ninety nine yards passing, one hundred four yards last night. I mean, I think until that last drive before the in the first half where we got the touchdown, I think going into that drive there was thirteen yards passing. You had three games with in the one sixties. Like these are just like. Like I said, 113th nationally. There's 130-something teams, I think. 135. Some, some of them don't try to throw the ball. <laughs> you know? You have... So, yeah. um, can you – I'm sorry. I hate to do this. Can you run solo for a second? Yeah, sure. Just uh, just give your, give your thoughts, man. Let, let, it, let it all out there. I'll be right back. All righty. Um, so, I, I think last night um, – as he's talking about you know full teardowns of of the team i think uh we've seen from from scott satterfield in his post game press conferences that uh you know it, it's kind of extending it's kind of like bubbling up from you know we're going to have and you know, we want to go get 8 9 guys from the portal we want to get like 10 11 guys i think last night he said he wants to get like 11 to 14 guys out of the portal. And you're going to have a lot of areas where we need, we need to fill, fill things in. Um, you know, they, they've got to be able to generate some sort of pass rush. You can't allow a quarterback to sit in the backfield. You just can't let him sit in the pocket with all the time in the world and be able to pick apart a defense that, frankly, wasn't very good in the secondary this year at all. Um, and when you, when you do that, when you give him time, give any quarterback time in the, in the pocket, no secondary coverage that is able to do anything other than maybe cover one guy, and then you got dudes running free everywhere. There's blown coverages. I think Scott Satterfield said it yesterday in his press conference that you know anybody that's looking could see that there were blown coverages, missed assignments, uh, didn't execute a game plan the way that they wanted to do it. And, and then you you end up with what you've got. you got guys picking apart the defense, and then you, you lose the game there. Um, it, it was a whole lot of the same kind of song and dance of uh, you know, what went wrong after a game. And, you know, it's nice to know that if people feel bad about it, but it's, you know, he said it's not acceptable. I think we all know it's not acceptable. Uh, Matt says over here in the chat, I can't click it to bring it up, but he he says that uh, he thinks we need more than 12 to 14 guys. Uh, I, I think... I don't think you're wrong. Uh, there are a lot of needs that have to be addressed for this team to compete in the Big 12. Um, 
do I think Combs is done after this season? I, I don't think so. Um, I think maybe there's a, a, an evaluation or reworking of what, um, what he handles potentially. Um, maybe it's just concentrating specifically on special teams or on DBs. Um, or maybe he, maybe he becomes like, you know, solely into the recruiting stuff. I, I don't know, but, um, that could happen, uh, that he, that he's gone. They're going to have to look at the coaching staff as a whole. Um, you know, the, you just can't have the failures across. You cannot have the failures across the team, um, that they did this year. See, yeah, the DBs were very, very awful this year. I mean, that's just, can't, can't look by that. Um, Darren says that Coach Scott Satterfield just can't be that unlucky uh, for all the crazy shit to happen to you. See, some of it has to be the coaching, right? Uh, either in details or, or preparation. And it, I, I think that that's something that we've brought up is I, I, I know there's a, like a, a luck stat, and I've said it before. I think it's kind of, well, I'm sure there's some sort of actual data behind those those stats, but uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't like the luck stat. Uh, I, I think that there could probably be, I mean, he said yesterday in his press conference that, you know, not only is it going to be a, a tough winner on the players, but it's going to be a tough winner on the coaches as well. So, I mean, you're saying all the right things uh, when times are real bad. So, uh, you <laughs> well, know, and, as long as you I, put it into action. Yeah, there were, there were a couple of times last night I had to remind myself, like, don't press send because – <laughs> I wanted to. Yeah, I mean that's I'm fair. Just, the last two weeks, especially defensively, I've just—it's just left me going. What are we doing? What What exactly did we do? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Like what West Virginia and Kansas did is exactly what they do, and. It's one thing to just watch a game and be like, these dudes are just better athletes, better football players, whatever. I mean, the talent that's, disparity that's like kind of how you felt, I would say, like the college football playoff game against Alabama. Like, we didn't like do anything demonstrably terribly. They were just better, you know, they, you know, and it was, it was evident. But like last night, you've just got guys just running wide open down yeah. the field, tight ends, wide receivers, running backs untouched, quarterbacks untouched. Like, and I've I've talked about it several times, and I think it was very clear the last two weeks. I mean, it's been pretty clear all season, but it's the defense is has a major speed factor that is lacking. Um, whether it's on the edge. You know, nine oh. sacks in Big 12 games, or whether it's in the secondary, there's a major speed factor that's lacking. Um, but like, you're just either unprepared, undisciplined, or both that like you just give up a two play touchdown drive, a 30 yard pass, and then a tw- whatever the, the touchdown pass well, was. Well, like, like like, said, and, I... and guys are just walking down, running down the middle of the field. Yeah, I, like I mean, it's not it, like their wide receiver. We know, man, this dude is like one of the fastest players in the country. It's not Tyree Kill, where they're just like, just run past the guy. It doesn't matter right. who you got out there; they're not going to be able to cover him. It, I don't think it's that. It's like, never that because it's it's multiple. It is multiple receivers every week, like. Yeah, like you said, whether it's a tight end or you know a wide out, whatever slot guy, a running back out of the backfield, like whoever it is, the lack of pass rush, coupled with the fact that like our DBs appear to have no idea where they're supposed to be, and, and that's that falls on them and on on coaching. So yeah, I mean, and and, and there's no and with the lack of speed, there's no like. There's no ability to like cover it up or make make up for a slightly blown assignment. Like when when it's not covered perfectly, 
it, it's just over. It's right. A I mean, there were, there were over, I don't know if over pursue is the right term, but like over aggressiveness on some of the runs. And then now you're out of position and you don't have the speed to make up for that. Like I felt like on the one run, the one Devin Neal touchdown run in the first half, like Taj Ward just couldn't get to him. Yeah. On one of on one of Jason Bean's runs, like when he went to the outside, like Deshaun Pace kind of came down a little too much. And there's just no like he's not he wasn't fast enough. Nobody else over there. Like so when you make those kind of mistakes and then you compound it with just there's just not a ton of overall team speed defensively. That's that I mean Jason Bean is an electric runner from the quarterback position and what kansas does i mean if you like offensive football you got a treat last night you got them snapping the ball to running backs handing it off to quarterbacks who are throwing you got like four different guys i think at least four different guys that i can think of took a snap like it's a fun offense to watch and it's a frustrating offense i'm sure to scout and defend but i mean some of these things they're not tricky. Like running a tight end right down the middle of the field shouldn't be like, oh my God, I can't believe they did that. We hadn't seen right. them do that all year. Like it's game 12. They've pretty much run it all. Um, so, I mean, def- I think off, you know, defensively, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of left scratching my head there because offensively, I think we, we have a good understanding of, of what didn't work and and where it needs to get better defensively. I'm I'm just kind of like everything that we thought this defense could be and and was for, you know, a decent amount of time in this season just totally disappeared. Like, and, and it's, I mean, they didn't really have any major injuries defensively. Like, you know, I mean, Jack Dingle is playing with a, a broken hand or something, but like Corleone, Briggs, Pace, Threats, Jordan Young. Uh, obviously, Sammy didn't play most of the year, but he was out the whole the whole year. I mean, outside of the part of the first game. So it's like, you, I mean, we can talk about the depth, but it was like, I mean, who was that's it? That's not with? fixing. That's not like the, that little, like, I mean, I mean we, it's not like we were playing walk-ons at safety like uh, West Virginia was, and we still couldn't pass the ball against them for most of the game. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there there is a lot to to look at. There is a lot to correct. But yeah, I mean, it's some of it, sure. Like some of it is luck, but it's also putting yourself in a position to where those things don't matter. And yes, they probably should have could have would have won a couple more games and maybe we feel a little bit different but it doesn't change the fact of of the things that are the things that are the frustrating parts of games because you're just like okay maybe is this a one-year thing are we able to to fix it that much in the offseason or they're going to be you know i have a hard time believing there's going to be staff changes you know, you have a first-year head coach. He's, you know, he brought his guys. Most of them, if not all of them, have signed two, maybe three-year contracts. You know. Yeah, and there was a lot of there was a lot of money in that assistance pool. That was. Are uh... you buy? Are you know? Are you buying assistance out? Are you know? Are, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I. I Unless someone leaves on their own accord, I'm I'm not sure I would expect it or plan for it. Maybe um, there's some reorganizing of, of assistance. I mean, or, maybe, but like but... like Brian Brown coaches the safeties. Carrie, Co- everybody knows Carrie Combs coaches the corners. Carrie, I think, is on a three year deal. Like, unless Carrie wants to leave, I just have a hard time believing that he's not going to be coaching some. I mean, some element of the secondary next yeah. year um matt brought yeah. up the while you were gone he, he i was speaking on how many guys that uh 
coach said he, they want to get out of the portal, and it seemed like uh, over the last few weeks, you know, as they've mentioned it here and there, it's it's ballooned from whatever, like eight or something initially. Well, like, yeah, I mean, I noticed a couple of times he, he's thrown this twelve to fourteen number in. I think that's low. Yeah, no, that and that's what so that that's what um, Matt brought up, and I I tend to agree may, with him. Maybe it, maybe it, it it ends up being pretty pretty accurate, but you know, it, I wouldn't it wouldn't stun me if the number was 15 or, or more uh I, you know but like you know i put it on i posted something on the board today and like the portal like you just went three and nine um is it great for a program to have like what will you know the, the term mass exodus in the portal no i mean it's never great but like are are you really gonna like that? We saw what that roster did. Now it's not all on the certainly not all on the players. I mean, the coaches are very very culpable for a three nine season, just as much as the players are. I mean, they're yep. getting paid a lot of money. They need to answer the questions. They need to get it right, or they're going to be gone. Um, but like every every you know transfer I think needs to be looked at individually because you do have a new staff. Um, maybe there were some that they kept, but it was more so because like, we just can't have this many guys leaving in, in a transition year. So you're going to have the, you're going to have fickle recruits who are two to three, maybe four years in who are not on the 2D. That are going to transfer out. I'm I'm sure of it. Well, okay, like I appreciate them being Bearcats, but if you couldn't crack the two deep last year in the AAC and this year a struggling season in the first year in the Big Twelve, what? I mean, there's not this like long line of track record of players around the country who like don't play hardly at all for two or three years and then all of a sudden become key contributors. Like yeah. you usually start to see guys work their ways in. Okay, start so you have that you have, here and there, and you have that group. Then you have a group of okay, we got in, we saw a season. This guy's just not. He doesn't fit. He doesn't fit scheme wise. He doesn't fit. You know, maybe it's some off the field stuff. Maybe it's personality wise. It's just not a fit. You know, then then you got guys that you're just like, you know, they're just not good enough. Um, you know, we want as fans, we want the program to be as good as possible, which then also means whether you think this is going to work in the future with Scott Satterfield and his whatever, that is separate from the point of like, okay, you need to figure it out. And if that means these guys, you know, you feel like these guys aren't going to help us get to where we go, then then fine. But, and you've put this recruiting staff together and they've now had a year to to do what they've been brought in to do and scout and watch and see, you know, talk to people, read tea leaves, do their research, try to find out who's going to be entering the portal, who, yeah. you know, who can, okay, well now it's on them because this is, about as bo- recruiting and sports are about as bottom line business as it gets. You either get the dudes or you don't, you either win games or you don't. So, you know, not that there were excuses before, but there certainly aren't going to be excuses now because it's like, okay, you have you the highest year. You have the highest stat overall staff budget that UC's ever had. You're in the Big 12 now. You have NLI as, you know, we can probably debate how good it is, but like that has now been set up. That is Guys are getting deals. Guys are getting like all these things are now not in their infancy. They're they're in the portion of now you need to make something happen. And if that means twenty guys leave and twenty new guys come, whatever. But you need to you certainly need to bring in a much more impactful level of transfer because they are not. I think we've you know, we've talked about the twenty one and twenty twenty two recruiting classes. There's that, you know, twenty twenty three recruiting class is, is small and could you know could lose players off of that. 
the 2024 recruiting class. I like a lot of elements mm. of it, but again, how much, I mean, West Virginia has had success playing some true freshmen at the end of the year, you know, but how oh, much, how much success can you bank on next year? True freshmen coming in and, and helping you win at a, at a much higher level in the big 12. So yeah, they're going to need to, and I don't care where they come from. Like, no, you know, know. if just, they come you know, from, they could come from, there's some, there's out of the some SCS guys yeah. that are in the portal already that a lot of teams are interested in that look like very, very good players. Like, so I don't care where they come from, but they certainly need to have, I feel like a bigger overall impact than, than what we saw this group do. Yeah, I just look like the, the like you said last year. You know, there was you can come up with some excuses here and there, and we have we like and not even really excuses, but uh, some mitigating circumstances, and that that all goes away once you've been here for a year and you've set up GM roles and and all these specialized recruiting and new scouting department things. Um, and there are players all across the country. And one, once you get to the point where if you're going to be three and nine this year and next year, you're also going to be, you know, maybe you end up three and nine again, God help us. Like if you don't start showing some improvement and we have to go back to, you know, the start the whole thing over and blow it up every year. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. You're going to end mean, up in I'll, this. I'll answer tyler's question just because i know a lot of people when you go three and nine they have that question realistically when is the soonest they can get rid of the set if we when go we go below 500 next season is it happening here's the deal with the with the contract it is basically fully guaranteed up until the 2025 season so unless there is a just a total cratering next year and somebody or somebody's want to pony up all of that money. This he, Scott Satterfield will be the coach at UC for the next two, at least for the next two seasons. Now, if you don't go to a bowl game next year, you are absolutely, in my opinion, you're absolutely on the hot seat going into year three. And then who knows what happens based on how that year goes, but no, nothing realistically outside of you know the worst of the worst or someone someone or someone's saying like we're done here it's happening anytime in the near future um but you certainly you certainly need to like you they have to go to a bowl game next year the last coach to miss more than one like bowl game qualification uh in during their tenure was Rick Minner. All the other ones missed at most one season. It was either like their last one. Well, yeah, or... Tubbs Tubbs missed two in a row and then he got fired at the end at the end of the second one. Did I miss that? Pretty sure. I could be wrong, but and that one was trending in a, you know, I think the first two years were nine and fours, and then was trending, you know, and then we had the, you know, go to hell, get a job, and and whatnot. Go to hell, get a job. But you know, and I don't want to talk about those things because I don't think yeah. that's that's fair. I mean, coaches can coaches can have a bad first year and turn it around. Um, Our last not, coach did. Um, certainly, and you know. I understand where some of the sentiment comes from. There is a reservation based off of how things went at Louisville. And I, and I totally get it. And you are totally fair to have those thoughts and those opinions. And it is on them to, in a whole bunch of ways, you know, as, as basic as I can put it, just do a whole hell of a lot better. Whether it's roster, whether it's off season, whether it's scheme, whether it's 
in-game coaching, whether it's discipline, whether it's I mean, he went three and nine, and in four, you know, four of the big twelve games, you were not really competitive. I mean, so we've, t- we've talked about any, it. Any anything is open, like, and and I, I you know, and I want to give the fans a a pretty good amount of credit because that stadium was not full, not even really like close to full. Students being gone had a lot to do with it, but the the fans were there way more than they were there. The, I remember the Memphis game Tuberville's last year I mean maybe 5,000 people were at that one I mean uh, the the, I, the infamous Temple game when Luke was all mad that there weren't more people there when we were playing for an AAC title game like there were way more people there last night for that than that game um and I kind of want to touch on I, I meant to bring this up earlier I, I got sidetracked as I do but um, you know, as we talked earlier about like the portal stuff and having this staff of like guys that are going to be scout that are scouting and GMing and whatever, I was kind of surprised that once the season was had developed into what it was going to be, that there wasn't more of a uh a push maybe to get like guys like Drogish or, and, and you know what? I don't care if he's like super raw and whatever, like to get some of these other guys, like, I don't know. I, I felt like it was kind of just like, let's just keep like, you know, hammering the nail with the same hammer and hope that it, it finally works. Whereas like, I, I would have liked to see that maybe with like some younger yeah, to I mean, see I, what you I, have at game speed, and I know we've touched on the whole game speed thing and getting guys in there and getting some film about that to see what it is because it's never the same as when you run these guys on the scout team against. You know, although I guess maybe if these guy, if you know Brady's running against uh, on the scout team offense against the defense and isn't looking like a you know a Heisman candidate, maybe uh, maybe he's he's not it because this defense really hasn't. Yeah, I mean, I certainly understand that that sentiment, I think, and that's why we had talked, whatever it was, three, four weeks ago, of like, um, that you, okay, make the move then, if you want to see the Bradys play like legitimate snaps. Yeah. Um, Because like, I, I'm maybe on an island on this one. Like, I don't think there's much to, to gain from just, like, you know, throwing any young guy into a game, like, in the last game of the season, in the second half. Like, yeah. when it's, you know, you know, guys are showing in practice whether they should be out on the field or not. Like, and if – I don't have any problem with coaches that watch practice and go, that guy's just not ready to go out there, regardless of – how good, bad, ugly, whatever the on-field product is. I guess it could always be worse. I, I'm not putting a guy like I'm not putting a guy out on the field that I don't think is ready to play. That's um, now, are there? You know, and they talk like we talked a lot about like these scrimmage, you know, these young guy scrimmages and whatnot. But like, I mean, we've we've kind of seen like we've we've caught we've we've talked about Brady Drogish playing like. Freddie Lichtenberg, I think he's he's banged up. He's obviously banged up against West Virginia, but like there's there's certain things when I watch and Emery frustrates me on certain levels, but there are also things that I watch when Brady goes in that are not even close to where like Emery is. I mean, the one interception, the guy made a great play. I think the ball was underthrown. The the the, the then he threw another pass. Over in the, the middle, middle of the, the field, like, there's five guys. There's five yeah. guys within three yards of it. Yeah, and maybe you're just trying to make a play, and you're you know you're you forcing things. I get that, but like, I just watch some stuff with reads and tempo, and and I'm just like, yeah, I don't really like. I kind of see why they are not playing so a ton. So, well, like, I mean, to the point I'm trying to make, maybe that's you know, maybe that's something that 
is good to see because then you can say, okay, well, you know, maybe, maybe we're not, oh, because Emery's leaving. Like, he can't come yeah, back. Yeah, I think it's like, pretty clear they need a, a legitimate quarterback in the portal. You're gonna have, you're gonna have, a, you know, you've got what Samaj Jones is still on schedule to, to be here, but yeah, like be you fresh, said, he'll be a freshman just like Brady you was. So your exactly. three quarterbacks so, next year, as of now, are have, Brady have Lichtenberg, what? who hasn't taken a ton of snaps, mm-hmm. a redshirt freshman, and a true freshman. Like that doesn't exactly. leave me feeling great that you don't. Anybody saying like no, they don't need one. I'm like, oh, oh no, okay. Um, they absolutely need one. And the thing <laughs> is, and I, I brought this up before, but like, you're, I mean, you're gonna have to probably you're gonna you know, you're not gonna go pull in like a a Bo Nick style transfer. Like you know, you're probably gonna have to to find maybe a diamond in the rough. Uh, no, I think yeah. there's going to be a Unless lot of a transfer big... quarterbacks out there. But again, like. Yeah, it's you're gonna have to get someone. I mean, my my thing is needs to be someone much more adept at, at passing. Yeah, you've got to have. And if they happen to be dual threat, if they happen to be dual threat, great. But like, I'm more, I'm much more into passing quarterback who is athletic enough to get himself out of trouble, if if need be, keep a play alive, run if he needs to. I'm not so concerned about like can we run the ball from the quarterback with, position with the quarterback. Yeah, you're looking more like. I mean, they almost uh, ran for two thousand yards this year without even accounting for Emory's rushing. So you're looking more like a quarterback, a la Joe Burrow, able to throw the ball. Yes, I would love it. If, if Joe Burrow, saying, a Joe Burrow like quarterback, transferred to you. I'm not saying you. Know, I'm saying that style of like being able to like the escapability run well, if like, you got any, to any, like any, don't be any of these guys. Like I mean, you mentioned Bo Nix. He would be he's a guy like I I think about. Um who, oh shit, another one just crossed my mind too. Um like JJ McCart like they are they are athletic. They are not running quarterbacks, but they are athletic enough to to be a plus in the run game when you need them to be. Um, but I don't necessarily think you need to have five to ten designed quarterback runs. I need someone that, you know, is going to complete 65 70% of his passes and, and the passing offense is going to be much more dynamic than, you know, under 200 yards passing on average for three-fourths of the season. When you brought up J.J. McCarthy, it's not he, – he does have a 4-4-40. Does he? Yeah. Well, But, I mean, but they don't run him. Like, you know no, what I mean? you're like, right. They're exactly. not – It's not – there's not, like, a designed, like – not like this is just going to be straight up, like, we're going to run the ball and then maybe throw it every now and then. Like, it, it is a more traditional style. And, then, I mean, it helps when you've got, you know, the, the other threats around there that they've got as well. But. Yeah, Josh. Josh asks, you know, is that what the staff wants, or do they want the? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think Scott's done it with both type of guys. I mean, he's obviously had the Malik Cunningham and the Armonte Edwards back when he was at um, App. I think the App situation makes it a little bit different. I think when they were there at at that level, you could really like Armonte Edwards was a special dude for them at that level. And you could really, like, kill teams because of what he offered. Um, I just don't know how you look at what they did in the past game this year and don't try to find someone who is who is much more on the passer side than than the 50-50 runner side. Um, Matt asked, can Bean transfer here? I mean, based on, you know, if Jaden Daniels, he says he's staying, if he stays, I mean, the guy can't stay healthy. So, I mean, he could be the starter again next year. Who the hell knows? Um, I'm sure if he did transfer, he'd have a long line of of schools that would be interested. Um, I would be interested at, you know. Yeah. I mean, not just from last night. I mean, I think he, I mean, he's played a ton of football for a, for a career backup. So, absolutely. Uh, I did want to, you know, 
give something on on GMAX point, and I because I get it. You know, UC can't afford to keep that. If we have another bad season, people keep talking about his buyout, but what people don't see is the profit loss the gate. I totally get that. But who who's paying the who's our oil boosters that are pay, paying four years? Oh, and then we being in sixth year, he's done. So that answers that. Um, but like, who are our oil boosters that are paying four years worth of a buyout? I mean, I think mm. from experience and talking to people, like with all of the stuff UC has done over the last several years, even decade, to put themselves in a position to go to the Big 12, like all those bills, all those debts are still having to be paid. And I think there's a sense of like from the top echelon, top of the line boosters is like I'm tapped out. You know, you guys need to start cultivating some new revenue mm. sources. Right. You know, like, so while I totally get it, because yes, if they have another season like this one, the crowd that was there last night will absolutely not be there again next year. But who who is coming up with, I mean, it's a six-year contract. Who is coming up with with all of that money when we're still not on the full Big 12 distribution. I mean, it's yeah. more, but we're spending, like, you, everybody wants to be competitive. That was the whole, you know, day one ready campaign. It's to, like, raise all this money so we can be as competitive as possible from the jump. Like, we're trying to do that across the board. So, like, that money is being spent. Money is being spent on still paying off lender center debt. Still, you know, paying for this 120 whatever million dollar athlete Facility. performance center, basketball locker room, volleyball locker room, new baseball stuff, what you know, whatever else the football team needs, whatever else, all the others. Like, we're just not, I don't think we're at the point where, unless, like I said, somebody or somebody's are just like, yeah, I'm here's the money, make it happen. I don't want to watch this anymore. I don't think we're really at that point until at least 2025 and then how that season starts and how that season goes. Cause then at that point, I think is when the contract is not fully guaranteed. It was, it was, it, I think it's after three years. Yeah. It yeah. was brought up in a conversation I was having. Uh, another person was you know, probably a good point that they're very, they're very, few programs like the, the number of programs across the country that can just like out and out like get rid of a coach after one year or even like two years are, are it's pretty you know a pretty tight pretty small amount of like programs that are gonna that can do that they can afford to do that i mean what happens like at this point so let, let's like you know, say hypothetically crazy that you know somebody goes down there tomorrow and is like here's the check like bring somebody else in here like you're likely going to be in the same situation next year regardless of who the coach is if there has to be some level of like okay, right you, like, you're not like you're, yeah they you know the continuity, everybody's born on third base the continuity factor of like you got to you have to give them at least I think a chance to implement everything they want to do on the, on their, you know, terms. Um, and, and that has to start now and you get, I think you get next year. And if, if things don't, if you don't see legitimate, significant improvement and it, and it translates to wins, like we can't be sitting here next year going, Hey, remember when we said, if I told you that this happened last year, well, it's happening again. Like we that can't, we can't do that. So, mm -hmm. you know, next year, we'll see what happens. And then if it's more of the same and you're heading into twenty, then yeah, it's, it's, you know, anybody's opinion, anybody's thoughts, I think are, are more than valid. Tyler, honestly, I would love, Tyler asked me about uh, the read on boosters and, and things of that nature. Uh, I, I'm just not 
going to be able to um, answer your question. I'll just leave it at that. Maybe sometime we can run into each other. And if I've had a couple sodas, I can answer your question. But um, that is one that I just um, am not going to touch currently. Darren brings up a good point. People underestimate uh, stability. At some point, like... Well, I, I agree to an extent. Like, right. The, the Marvin Lewis Bengals stability for the sake of stability is, is shoot is you know, the old definition of insanity. But yes, one year in, a lot of things move, a lot of moving parts this this one year. Let's see what happens now. Moving so you've had your, you've two. had your, you've had over a full season of time in, in the big boy chair. And, uh, you know, you better have had some things going on throughout the season because, you know, look like the, these guys are like, that's what they do for a living is coach and recruit and scout. Some people are better at it than others, but like they, They've been doing it now for a year here and have been able to go out and pitch and do those kinds of, of good things. Um, so let's see, see what they're made of, see what uh, they've, you know, maybe they found and uncovered some things and made some connections through, uh, you know, the, uh, the backdoor channels and are ready to pounce when the, uh, the portal opens on December 4th. Uh, I think Chad can probably correct me if I'm wrong on that date. Uh, but you know, there's going to be some things that are moving and here, here's the other thing is like, we're not, we're not rolling into a bowl game, right? They're going to now be able to just turn and, and I know that that's not a positive that we're not going to a bowl game, but at least maybe now they can pivot and turn directly and put their full force into what we need portal wise and hit, hit those, those things heavy. They don't have like an extra week of practice or extra couple weeks of practice, whatever, like they're going to be able to go in, recruit, like look at the portal, get guys out of the portal, and and maybe that yeah. starts the so have, the uh, upward tick. For for people that aren't as one hundred percent dialed in, like you have the championship games that'll be Friday and Saturday. The, I guess, window for the transfer portal for non graduates will open the fourth. They can have. They will have official visit weekends for portal guys and potentially any other class of 2024 recruit or uh, 2023 recruit or no 2024 recruits. I'm getting this all backwards. Um, the weekends of the 9th and 16th. Then the dead period starts on the 18th. Early signing day is the 20th. And I, Chad and I were talking about this last night. I'm not, entirely sure how that all works with transfers if it's a dead period for transfers too um i mean i assume if you're a graduate you can kind of do whatever you want um but then you obviously you're going to be trying to get a lot of these guys in and i mean we saw kind of a split they had like 14 guys i think enrolled for the for the spring semester and then i think eight came on in the summer last yeah. year from a transfer standpoint. So you obviously want as many as you can get in for spring practice. Uh, and then I've, we've, I think we've discussed that as of now, it's sounding like roughly half or so of the high school recruiting class will be are or early. are anticipated to be early, early enrollees. Yeah, the more guys that they can get in here and see, the better, because then that'll tell them, okay, what do we still need to try to do in the summer in the portal? Um, yeah, let's let's see them go to work. Like I've had conversations with them. Chad's had conversations with them. I mean, there's obviously things that I'm not gonna that is not for, you know, it's off the record, not for public consumption. I have, you know. I'm not going to put a level of confidence on it, but like it certainly sounds like they have a good idea of what they want to do. I mean, Zach Grant has a track, has a track record at Western, at Western Kentucky of, of using the portal and, you know, getting that program at a much higher level, much, 
you know, at a quick rate. So let's, you know, like we talked about earlier, like, you know, let's see it. Go to it, fellas. Like we saw what, you know, and I'm not going to talk poorly about individual players or, or, you know, on the but like, I mean, we saw what, what, what we got. We got three and nine. Everybody's has a hand in it. Yep. Coaches, players, doesn't matter. And it all needs to improve across fans, the board. Fans and... can split it up, however, you know, split up the blame, so to speak, however they want. And I'm not going to tell them, tell them they're wrong. Um, so, but it's on them to to get it figured out and, sure. cl- like, and quickly, because you know, like you know, was mentioned earlier. Yes, <laughs> I think you know, we all kind of joked when they announced the sellout, but it was. There were a lot more people there than I anticipated for a night game, not freezing cold, but cold Thanksgiving weekend, closing out a, a disappointing year. I don't think you can expect the same level of uh, commitment. I mean, you probably get you got you got to give of transition of like down of like, yo, know, folks saying like, this is really bad. And like, of course, everybody's going to be, you know, Maybe there's going to be some irrationality and some like oh, really course. tough, but you know, you still had folks showing up, still had folks going down there. Um, you know, maybe not everybody that bought a ticket showed up or everybody that had a season ticket showed up or whatever, but like well, you, 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 gotta, know, you have that anyway. You know, you got to start giving something back. Like I gave you half last night. I didn't get much in return. Yep. So, and the other, the other thing that, you know, isn't as frequently pointed out, and I know it was brought up at least one other time this season. Uh, Dave's got to be allowed to bring the confetti poppers back in. I mean, the whole program has really gone down the crapper since they banned me from, you know, the coach leaves. We lose it at home to Tulane. We win two, you know, what, one, 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 one home, home game this year. I mean, there needs to be uh, – yeah, a, a citywide emergency hearing on being allowed to bring the confetti cannons back in. That's that's what this has come to. So, so but, confetti I mean, cannons back in. That's right. And... I think that's a, a great place to end our discussion on the uh, 2023 season on the Bearcat yeah. Brunch. Obviously, the DBP, Chad and I, Wednesday nights or Thursdays, depending on when there are basketball games, we'll have, I mean, there's going to be news, man. I mean, yeah, guys are going to be transferring out. The portal's going to open. I mean, you're already hit the portal. So we're going to have visits. We're going to have signing day. We're, you know, thing there. It's, there's certainly going to be a lot more action. If you're into the transactional part of the season. Um, but you know, unfortunately that is, that is where we are nationally. Um, what, like, the, 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 was, the Alabama really thing good. was in absolute insanity. The fourth and 31? Yeah. For, fourth and goal? Fourth and goal from the 31. <laughs> you drop nine, and somehow you get single coverage in the corner of the end zone. And catch um, it. Like, I mean. Yes. For, for anybody that is not a member, with all these things that are about to happen, 75% off, year subscription. Bearcat Journal, still available. Buy, buy a subscription for yourself, for your friends, for anybody that you want. Give it to them as a little stocking stuffer. Absolutely. And give them the access right now. Just tell them, uh, hey, this is for later. Yeah. You know, all, all I'll say about the Alabama-Auburn game is it's, you know, karma's <laughs> a thing when you hire Hugh Freeze. Um. The Marks, um, the Mark Stoops, Texas A&M thing, that was pretty funny. He had a, about a three-hour run as Texas A&M's head coach. Yeah, he did. And, and, then, then, and then their fans pulled a Tennessee when we tried to hire Greg Schiano and said, you know, not on my watch. <laughs> and uh, No, that's not what happened. What happened was his name was connected to it. They won a big in-state rivalry game. That is exactly just, what happened. He loves, he loves those kids. Yeah, uh-huh. That was done, done, and done. <laughs> and then literally everybody that's a Texas A&M fan went, wait a second. We didn't like Jimbo, but we paid not, him $76 million to go hire this guy. 
that th that is not who you are bringing in. Find someone. No, else. I don't know if they're gonna do. I mean, I don't know what they're gonna do. You know, that was clearly their candidate today. I mean, that thing was too many people. Yeah. We're ta we're talking about it. I mean, obviously, no one nationally rubber stamp rubber stamped it, but like it was heading that direction, and boy, there was some blowback. Yeah, that was that quickly turned into no. It's not. I mean, there was also the Dabo the Dabo Sweeney poaching rumors. That would be just the worst <laughs> hire on every level for both for them and him. Like that would be just an awful idea. Um, Maybe they'll hire Ryan Day because apparently forty and three in the Big Ten, but yeah, zero and three yeah. against Michigan has a lot of people wanting to to fire a guy that's fifty six and seven. Yeah, for his for his career, that is a fascinating, just something to watch from the outside. I mean, that's a that's just a different that's a different uh, attitude to take towards life. I think. Um, I mean, it's. I think it's ridiculous but i mean if you're ex you're ex they're ex they're the, they, they're the brand and like i'm not yeah. sure there's a bigger brand in college football like alabama's won a lot more recently but like when's the last time ohio state was just bad because i can remember when alabama was bad i was in school it wasn't that long ago like ohio state is never bad and they're not they're certainly not bad now but like if if you're never bad and you're the brand like it's national championship play you know right now final four playoff national championship yeah. or and you've lost three times in a row to your biggest rival like and here's the I, thing i think it's ridiculous but i also kind of get it yeah no i mean it's like i gotta i have a buddy that is you know, I'm sure we all can say this, but like I got a buddy that went to Ohio State. His wife went to Ohio State. They're like huge Ohio State people, and it's like, I mean that that's serious business up there. And like you lose to Michigan now, and then like with no divisions coming up. I, I was talking to him yesterday. Uh, you know, with no divisions coming up, it's like, does it take any luster off of like the game for you if for the next like you know nine out of ten years they play twice in back to back weeks? Yeah, it's gonna be. It's certainly gonna be interesting. I think all those Big Ten West schools, now that there's no more Big Ten West, have a rude, rude awakening coming. A very, very tall hill to climb. Because, as it were, all four of those Pac-12 schools. And this is the funny part. I mean, last night, very weird UCLA USC result or UCLA Cal result, notwithstanding. USC's probably in the worst shape of all of them coming in. From just from like a program stability, knowing who they are standpoint, but they're all still like considerably ahead of pretty much everybody in the in the West. Yeah. So uh, that is going to be going to be interesting. Obviously, they're not all going to play the a murderer's row of getting Ohio State and Michigan and two or three of the Oregon, Washington, whatever every year, but. There's certainly no more of getting six of your the league bottom games half of the, against yeah. Nebraska and Minnesota and Purdue and, and Northwestern and Maryland and so yeah it'll be interesting. Um, I don't really. I mean, there was some cool. I mean, like the the Apple Cup was was very competitive. That was fun to watch. Um, Washington is. They're certainly skating on it i just i think oregon is just going to light them up next week it, it very well could happen that way um uh, the the pac-12 is certainly going out with uh with uh, a bang as it were i mean arizona like, like is, is damn good um you know, so yeah, they uh, you got a couple Heisman candidates out there in the Pac 12. You got a couple, you know, college football playoff, you know, hopes are up in the Pac 12 championship game. I mean, it's they yeah, didn't, they didn't some, just whimper into the night. Oregon, Washington, and Alabama, Georgia are going to be two very fun games to watch next week. I mean, you well, I mean, then you talk about Georgia 
Georgia Georgia Tech wasn't like a signed sealed delivered game hey, until good old fashioned hate is is a rivalry. That was oh, there was some hate there. Oh, uh, I don't know what else was. I mean. Tyler's asking Heisman winner. Uh, if I was voting, I would vote for Jaden Daniels. I was gonna say LSU. LSU. I don't care that their deep that their defense stinks. The guy, I mean, look at his numbers. He's had <laughs> just. He's had a better year than Joe Burrow did when everybody said that that was the best offense in college football history. Yeah, I mean, he. Let's, let's look at what it what was. What were his numbers yesterday? Let's oh, see. I mean, he, I mean, he was I sixteen and twenty four for two thirty five and eleven carries for one hundred and twenty yards. Yeah, and four touchdowns. Uh, Matt, who should aim him higher? Mike Elko. That's who I would hire. Oh, I think. Uh, that they should hire Scott um, <laughs> That was a joke. Um, yeah, so let's see. Anything else? Uh, BYU, Oklahoma State, Tennessee, Vandy. Any thoughts nope. on, on your boys nope. down there? Nope. <laughs> Don't have any thoughts on our game against Vandy. But uh... Uh, Liberty was is 12-0. and 0. Are they the highest? Uh, I think Tulane is still higher than them. That's unfortunate. Yeah. I think Willie Fritz still has higher. done a decent job down there. He's done an excellent job. I mean, yeah. I like him. I know he's on the older side of things, but like him, Lance Life, like I think some of these schools, they make it too complicated. Like, get a damn football coach. Like, these guys have won. Everywhere they've been, everywhere, yeah. like get a football, just a dude that can coach ball, and the other stuff will figure itself out because you're going to win. So the other stuff will come because you're winning. Yeah. Iowa, once again, won. <sighs> ten and ten and two, scored eighteen something points per game, and had the worst. Offense in the country by total yards, the worst. Two hundred and they averaged like two hundred and forty-six yards of offense. Like I know that we've and they we've, went they bring it up every week, and I'm like, how how on earth the are under, they still the under winning? Hit, uh, and it was twenty-four and a half. Like, I mean, they, like they lost, they lost. Okay, so they they lose to Penn State. They got thumped by Penn State. And then they lost to Minnesota by two point twelve to ten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, now they get Michigan in the twenty-two and a half point spread for a conference championship game against a ten and two team. <laughs> that is crazy. Well, yeah, eighteen point one hundred twenty-fourth in points for one hundred thirtieth in average passing yards, one hundred fourth in rushing yards. Uh, and fourth in points against. It's amazing. Like what a what a sport. Uh, you just you I saw some like, um, what was it? Oklahoma TCU combined for 114 points, and uh, Nebraska and Iowa combined for 23. And we're talking about the same sport. Yeah, I caught the I caught the end of the uh, the Kansas State Iowa State game. That was fun. Yeah. Um, uh, Iowa State scored 42 points on 35 plays. I was going to say, Iowa State had 35 plays. Kansas State ran 102. But yeah. Iowa State scored on plays of 60, 71, 77, 79, and 82. That's from uh, the uh, Big 12 Podcast Network like, yeah. Twitter account. Where oh, they put that out. But Ke- Kevin, I agree. The Big Ten is absolutely over just garbage. I mean, it's Michigan, Ohio State, and then a massive drop-off even to Penn State, and then even yeah. a further drop-off to everybody else. Yeah, it is it, it is bad. And that and that's how we, that that plays perfectly into the uh the conversation earlier of of like these teams having a rude awakening coming mm-hmm. whenever when the divisions disappear yeah. and they're like, "Wait a minute. We we can't just like trip and fall into a conference championship game?" No. Ollie Gordon's five touchdowns carried Oklahoma State to the Big Ooh, 12 championship. That one was uh, that was rough for 
a while. But anyway, I um think that's that should about do it. I gotta I have something I need to tend to. Okay. Oh. So um but I would just want to thank everybody. Thank you, Jeff, of course, for another very fun year. I know we it was not uh not what we had hoped for on the field, but I do truly enjoy this hour uh every Sunday morning. Absolutely. Really, really do appreciate everybody that comes in, joins us live at the tailgate yesterday. Had multiple people, multiple people come up to me and say how much they enjoy the show. So means the world uh thank you guys again for a fun year getting to talk uh bearcat football and thanks as always to our wonderful partners at royal links golf tours jeff hayden those guys have been great if you you know if you're looking to do a guy's trip a couple's trip something to europe and do a lot more than just cram a bunch of golf in Please reach out to them. They set up some absolutely incredible uh, excursions and unforgettable trips for you. So, you know, please please reach out to them. Again, a huge thanks to them. Huge thanks to everybody that that joins us each week. And uh, hopefully uh, we can talk about a few more wins when the 2024 season Oh, and we got a we got a pickle drive by perfect timing to end it. So thanks again to everybody. Uh, we will catch you in a few months and have a wonderful Sunday. <laughs>